I want to start with what I think is, and I'm just going to let it go, a shame, shame, shame. If you're a Game of Thrones viewer, you know the drill. Shame, shame, shame. Yesterday, yesterday, in a record, 3,600 people died because of coronavirus. A record, 3,600. This is beginning to show you what all this travel during Thanksgiving did. We're starting to see Thanksgiving travel, the cases skyrocketed, and now the deaths are following. New reported cases, 245,000, another record. And I, I, I just, I have no tolerance. If there's trolls today, corona truthers, I'm not even going to respond because I, I can't with that, that brain dead nonsense. So we are entering a very, very horrible, well, we're already there, but it's going to get worse. In the past week, just over 30% of the nation's coronavirus-related deaths were reported in the South and nearly 30% in the Midwest. Three times as many people in the U.S. are dying each day now than three months ago. And the number of new cases is six times what it was then. So all of this health catastrophe mixed with 1.4 million Americans filed new unemployment claims last week, the highest level in weeks. Rising layoffs are an alarm bell that Congress needs to pass more stimulus. Over 26, over 20.6 million are on unemployment aid as we head into the holidays. And by the way, in all those 20.6 million, that would be maybe not 20.6, but pretty close. Have no health care. Because in this corporation pretending to be a country, we live in the United Corporations of America, Health care is tied to whether you have a job or not. So, again, 1.4 million new claims, and that number is going to skyrocket. That number is going to skyrocket. Okay? So, all of this, and the Democratic Party, of course, Trump, he's checked out. He's more focused on his election conspiracy cabal. So, the Democratic Party, Trump obviously has checked out. Uh, McConnell doesn't care. So we expect this for the Republican Party. The Democratic Party, who helped drive the getaway car for the original sandwich, the original CARES Act, where McConnell and Trump looted the Treasury and Pelosi drove the getaway car, $4 trillion they stole. The majority, overwhelming majority, went to Corporate America, Wall Street, fossil fuckers, big pharma, big real estate, Silicon Valley, and donors. Now, they're telling you, while we have an unprecedented number of people dying, way more than even on 9-11 died the last few days. Over 3,000 people. We have almost 4,000 people yesterday died. When unemployment, 1.4 million more claims, we are being told by the Democratic Party the best we could do is $900 billion because the Democratic Party is conceding to re the Republican Party's random unwillingness. The Republican Party, totally fine with giving $1.5 in tax cuts 
which was a giant blowjob, excuse my French, to corporate America. Tax cuts for the wealthy, $1.5 trillion, no problem. But now the Republicans, for some reason, can't go over that $1 trillion line. So the Democrats are telling us, let's just take this now, $900 billion, $300 a week unemployment, which, by the way, if you received the $600 a week unemployment as part of the CARES Act, uh, it wasn't automatic. I could show you the horror stories I read and people I spoke with the amount of time it took them to get the $600 a week. It wasn't automatic. So we're being sold that uh, $300 a week, which you're lucky if you'll get it by the time New Year's comes, even if it passed today, we're being sold that $300 a week and a check of possibly $600 to $700, which by the way, the only reason that would even be in there is because of Bernie Sanders and Republican Senator Josh Hawley, who have worked together trying to push stimulus checks. That that's some victory that's going to help stave off the, uh, just economic calamity for people is $300 a week, which, again, who the hell knows when you're going to get it? Because if coronavirus has shown us anything, uh, our state unemployment systems are a disaster at it actually administering unemployment. If the United States wasn't acting like the United Corporations of America, we'd just be doing what Europe is doing, which is the government is covering the goddamn payrolls. They're not throwing people on some bureaucratic, disastrous system called unemployment. The government is covering the payrolls so people are still, un- still employed. This is a disaster, this $900 billion. The only reason I even bothered to go along with the CARES Act in the first place was $600 a week plus the $1,200 check was something that could at least rescue people and it, uh, for a while. And at that point, I mean, you had nearly 3,000 deaths a day. You had an unprecedented amount of cases. It was just starting. But I'm done with that. There's no more accepting sandwiches. And the delusion... I want to play you, I want to play you what Bernie said on this. I have two clips from Bernie. Let me play you the first one, because I love Bernie, but I disagree with him. You also say this, Uh, what um, President-elect Biden has made clear is that in his judgment, this bill is a down payment, that one of the very first things that his administration will do when they take office is to move aggressively to expand upon what we are doing right here. And that, I would hope, means extended unemployment. I would hope it would mean more direct payments to working families in this country. It would mean state and substantial help for state and local government, among many other things. Bernie, Bernie, come on. I'm happy you're wearing that mask, Bernie. Keep that mask on. Bernie, I, I mean, I criticize Bernie during the campaign for being naive. Bernie, this ain't your first rodeo in the United Corporations of America. Do you actually think that if this $900 billion sandwich consisting of $300 a week for unemployed people, which, by the way, again, good luck if you could get that unemployment quickly. The horror stories of people taking weeks and weeks and months, in some cases, to even get that unemployment. A $600 check 
What's that going to do? Buy you a few cartons of almond milk in New York City and Los Angeles? Pay for a car, uh, your car that's messed up? Pay a quarter of your rent if you're in large cities? By the way, the PPP money, we're not even talking about the fact that the PP money, PPP small business program was one of the biggest scams in American history. A lot of that PPP program meant for small businesses like my parents who own a jewelry store, small business, mom and pop, went to donors, went to wealthy people. I covered it here. PPP small business money went to that that host on Shark Tank, Kevin O'Leary, a multimillionaire. So we're declaring these things as a victory, but the key here is Bernie and the Democrats that are saying this, if this goes through $900 billion, that's it. If you are delusional enough to think, as of now, I believe, could be wrong, as of now, I believe the Republicans will win those two Georgia Senate seats. Maybe one of the Democrats will win and one of the Republicans will win, but Democrats need to win both of those seats to win. So assuming that Republicans still have the um, control of the Senate, you think Republicans, after after their their argument will be, uh, we gave you $2 trillion in March and April. Then we gave you another $900 billion in um December. And all of a sudden, they're going to care again about the debt because we know when Republicans are in, pow- are in power, they don't give a God. They don't care about the debt. Tax cuts for everybody. War for everybody. They don't care about the debt. And then we're in the minority. All of a sudden, they care about the debt again. You know, rinse and repeat. This is what the Republican Party does. They're a bunch of substanceless, soulless, uh, mor- morality-less, and they, their ideology is power. They don't care about the debt or deficit unless they are in the minority and they could use it to stop aid for working people and vulnerable people. The Republicans under Joe Biden, you'd be lucky if you could get one vote in the Republican Senate for a stimulus authored by incoming President Joe Biden. You got March and April, and now they're going to say, we just did this in nine, uh, in um, December. The vaccine, they'll say, is, co- is going to be more widely distributed in a few months. We can't, we can't give you any more money. So this notion that Bernie's pushing and that Biden is pushing and that the corporate Democrats are pushing, that this, is a, this right now is an emergency fund. It's a down payment. There will be more coming under Biden. That's, that's, you're naive if you think that's going to happen. Biden might try, but if you think the Republicans, after giving $900 billion, which is not enough. Right now, we need at least 4 to $5 trillion, maybe more. We need the PPP program to actually go to small businesses, not donors and wealthy people. I want to play the rest of this Bernie clip because the corporate media is now trying to do what they always do and make Bernie Sanders seem like the radical person, not the Democrats that are agreeing to literally airlifting of crumbs to the masses as they are lying, bleeding out economically. Literally, the media and the Democratic Party are proposing airlifting crumbs as the masses, many of whom are watching right now, are bleeding out. 
have had no federal help since July 26th. July, August, September, October, November, December. Five months they've had no federal relief. Let's see how MSNBC tried to set up Bernie today. So much for being here. I had Mark Warner on my show yesterday. I know Hallie had him on her show earlier today. He said the same thing. I, I want to play you one of those bites. We had in our unemployment the bipartisan plan, um, 16 weeks of both increased unemployment for people who uh, were expiring from their unemployment the day after Christmas. It included the 16 weeks for the gig workers, independent contractors, and it included a full 16 weeks of a $300 a week plus up. We thought that was very important to get to those people most in need. I think because the president and and even some folks um, that call themselves progressives wanted stimulus checks more important than that assistance. You had to take it out of some pot, and I'm, I'm afraid that the, um, uh, the relief for the unemployed may be a shorter period of time. This is a feeling among some of the Democrats about the progressive wing and the complaint and the getting the pulling of the direct stimulus money from the unemployment. What, what is your response? No, that, that is unfortunately, I, I think, not an accurate statement on the part of Senator Warner. Uh, the truth is that uh, when the negotiators gave up on $160 billion for state and local, the direct payments of uh, would be about $150 billion. On top of that, uh, very recently, uh, as I understand that there is an additional $30 billion, uh, I'm sorry, an additional $30 billion going into uh, the small business program. So there was more than enough money to do what obviously should have been done, and that is to make sure that we extend unemployment for 16 weeks. Uh, and uh, I'm disappointed that that is not the case. My own view is that the essential problem here is that back in March when we passed the CARES Act, that was $2.2 trillion. Right now, in the midst of a terrible pandemic where the economy is in disastrous shape, all that we are talking about now is $900 billion. That is an inadequate sum of money to do what has to be done. But one of the things that has to be done, what the American people want, what the economists tell us is very important, is to put money into the hands of people today who cannot pay their rent, who don't have enough money to go to the doctor, in fact, can't even feed their kids. There's economic desperation out there. The American people want help. They need help. I had proposed a $1,200 check for adults, 600 for kids, with a maximum income of 75 for an individual, 150,000 for a couple. We're at $600 now for adults, 600 for kids. This will be a step forward in providing a modicum of relief to people who are struggling right now. But it's not either or, it should be both. Democrats are on the same page about that. They wanted more money in this bill. They wanted both in there. That didn't happen. And so that because that didn't happen, because this direct stimulus payment was taken from the unemployment insurance shortly. No, it wasn't, time, Katie. Katie, do you it think was not. Katie, that's not that's not quite correct. Democrats, the negotiators, 
withdrew $160 billion for state and local. The program that I am fighting for costs $150 billion. And on top of that, they put I more money that. into... That, that's not in there any longer. No, I, I, I'm not arguing that point. That so money is not, not in there a, any longer. For some reason, I, I don't know why it's not in there any longer. And you, well, you're saying question. that's bad negotiating. I get that. I get that. But because where we stand right now, I mean, I guess if, if this is the best that's going to come out of this out of this bipartisan agreement, is it a good idea to take money from, from unemployment insurance? I mean, when right, you're trying to get money to people who need it most. For the and third just, time. Hold on. Hold on. Let, go ahead. Do you want to respond? Okay, for the I'll, third I'll time, say we're not taking money. When you money. were trying to get people, I'll, I'll let you go. Go. All right. We're not taking money out of unemployment. There is more than enough money, even within the $900 billion, to do 16 weeks of extended unemployment plus the $150 billion for direct payments. It is not, in my judgment, me- coming from unemployment. I can't watch any more of that. First of all, first of all, Why in the world? Oh, by the way, by the way, just so you know, just so you know, Mark Warner, who is the corporate Democrat, who in the beginning of that clip, when the audio wasn't working, he said there are some people who are calling themselves progressive. Talking about Bernie Sanders, he's the one rationalizing this $900 billion sandwich. You know how much Mark Warner is worth? Do you know how much this man is worth? He's worth $90 million. He is the richest senator in the country. How did he make his money? Guess it. Wall Street venture capitalist. So I don't really want to hear a goddamn thing from Mark Warner about uh, who's progressive and who's not or how much money we should be giving the American people during an unprecedented, deadly pandemic in which... 3,600 people died yesterday. 308,000 have died total. Bernie Sanders, what he was trying to say, what, enough with this ridiculous framing that to give more money for the direct stimulus checks, which, by the way, $1,200 is not enough either. That's a joke, too. But better than nothing. Why are... Are we allowing these people to gaslight us during a deadly pandemic with the framing that the only way that we could increase the stimulus checks is by taking money, moving money out of unemployment, or that the only way that we could increase the amount of time the unemployment benefits will last is taking money out of something? No, no, no. This is the goddamn problem with the Democratic Party. And excuse me, I'm fired up. They surrender right out of the gate Republican framing because they are Republicans. First of all, first of all, the Democratic Party, contrary to what the Republicans are saying, contrary to, you know, what lunatics are saying, just won the presidential election. That's called momentum. The Democratic Party... Okay, is on the brink, if they don't fuck it up, of possibly retaking the Senate if they win these two seats in Georgia. The Democratic Party, by a wide margin, if they were willing to fight, has 
the overwhelming majority of the American people. Look at the polls. Look at the pain on its side to fight the Republicans on more stimulus money, more unemployment, and the Republican Party needs to win these two Senate seats. That's the only thing Mitch McConnell cares about, the Supreme Court and keeping the Senate. <coughs> keeping the Senate. So why wouldn't you very publicly fight the Republicans right now? Why wouldn't you very publicly fight Trump right now? That no, $900 billion is not enough. The vaccine is not coming widely distributed for everybody probably until April or May. Why do we allow them and Mark Warner to say, well, Bernie, if we're going to increase the checks for stimulus, by the way, $600 checks, kudos to Bernie for getting it because they didn't want to include any, but that's a slap in the face. Yes, $600 check. What the hell are you going to do with $600 if you've been unemployed for months? If your small business is going under, boy, you, you, you take off for a week. And, and Jimmy Dore is the number one trender on Twitter. Jimmy Dore is the number one thing trending. He's getting in fights with every goddamn person on the earth. Uh, you know, David Sirota's involved. AOC's involved. Uh, Katie Halper. I mean, I, I couldn't keep up. You know, Jimmy Dore, um, you know, I guess you could say has a little bombast from time to time. Um, I don't agree with him on everything. Uh, I've had private conversations with him when I tell him I think he's going too far. I told him I think you're going too far in calling Bernie a coward, sellout, all these things, because I do. I do think he went too far on that regard. Um, uh, and I think that Jimmy, um, you know, also, whether it's Jimmy, me, or anybody else, it's really goddamn easy to be a YouTube person ranting. It's a lot harder to be an elected official. That doesn't mean we shouldn't challenge elected officials. That doesn't mean we shouldn't call out progressives when they're wrong. Okay? But let's just say it's easier to be on YouTube ranting and saying, this is obvious, this is common sense, when, you know, you're not an elected official. But on this, I believe Jimmy is right. And to me, I don't really give a that this idea came from Jimmy. I don't even care about the drama and the back and forth online between Jimmy and this person and that person and all the drama. It's like every day as, as the progressive media turns, you know that soap opera as the world turns? It doesn't matter. I'm sure Jimmy loves the attention. God bless him. I agree with him on the idea that's the most important. I don't, frankly, I don't want to sound like his mother, I don't think he should be, you know, ranting and raving that AOC is this, that, sell out this. Um, you know, I think, you know, Mama Charidan, Lori Charidan said, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. I don't always follow that golden rule. But Mama Charidan always said, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So I think Jimmy is 100% right. And I'll tell you why. Thank you to Colin Tooley. I don't see anybody bringing up what I'm about to show you. But Colin made this handy-dandy graphic. The top row here, okay? The top row here is what I would call the current, let's just say, capital P progressives in the House of Representatives. Ayanna Presley, she got a little Elizabeth Warren in her. 
But let's just for argument's sake say we got AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, Ayanna Presley, Ro Khanna, Pramila Jayapal, and Mark Pocan. Mark Pocan is a congressman from Wisconsin. He endorsed Bernie, campaigned for Bernie. He's part of the Medicare for All caucus. He's progressive. So that's seven right there. Right on top. Okay? The bottom is incoming. You got Jamal Bowman. As far as I could tell, pretty damn progressive. You got Cori Bush. I've met her. I've covered her. Pretty damn progressive. I don't agree with Jimmy ranting and raving, attacking Jamal and Cori Bush before they've even got into Congress. Chill out, man. They're not even there yet. So right there, if you count the seven we got up top with those two, Jamal Bowman, Cori Bush, that's nine. That's nine. Okay? Then you got these three. We'll, for argument's sakes, group them in. Marie Newman, she just won in Illinois. She's for Medicare for All. AOC endorsed her. Mondaire Jones ran in New York. He's for Medicare for All. Richie Torres, don't know much about him, but he just won in New York. For Medicare for All. Okay? So that's seven that we currently have, and potentially another five coming in in January. Seven plus five. I failed math. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's 12. That's 12 pretty strong progressives. For argument's sakes, I don't know much about Richie Torres. I don't know much about Mondaire Jones. So even if it were 10. And then you got that wonderful question mark in Nina Turner, who has announced she's running to replace Congresswoman Marsha Fudge. It's not a slam dunk that she's going to win, but I think she's got a great shot. So for now, she's just there. She's not definitely coming, but potentially Tulsi Gabbard's leaving Congress. Tulsi Gabbard's leaving Congress. And frankly, I I think she's been a little questionable lately. But Tulsi Gabbard's out of Congress in January. She's leaving. So potentially you got 13 progressives. Okay? So I'm not trying to dox this person. I don't even know who this person is, but I just screenshotted this as an example. When I see people defending AOC as what Jimmy's proposing, which is to demand that Nancy Nancy Pelosi put Medicare for all, give it a floor vote in exchange for progressives to vote for her for speaker. I mean, you see this all over the place. This person, no, you know, I don't know who it is. Not trying to be rude. I think what's being said is we don't have we have no genuine power to create the floor vote you're suggesting. Um, I don't know. I'm not great at math, but here is here's the current House majority. Currently, the Democratic Party have the majority by four votes. You need 218 votes. It's called a single major, um, simple majority. You need 208. Pelosi needs 218 votes to be speaker. You need 218 votes for most bills to then be moved to the Senate from the House. Right now, the Democrats only have the majority by four seats. And I don't know if you could see it here. 
there's two vote there's two congressional races still outstanding one is in iowa where the republican is narrowly leading and one is in new york where the republican is narrowly leading so that democrat majority might be smaller than what you see on the screen once those elections are finalized and certified so i don't understand what people are talking about that we have no leverage that we have no power that it's hopeless because i just showed you and again thank you to colin for making this we have the majority by four votes nancy pelosi needs 218 votes to be re-elected as speaker right now if we wanted to play if keyword if we wanted to play hardball you have the votes to deprive her as speaker even more when these five come in that adds even more that's 12 people 12 progressives who have ran and championed medicare for all so i don't know can somebody help me out am i am i missing something if nancy pelosi and the democrats only have the majority by four seats a four seat majority and you have 12 progressives that will be there when her speaker vote is going to happen uh what do you mean we have no leverage what do you mean we have no power yes we have leverage by the way to me this is about way more than just medicare for all vote but to me this is even bigger than just pushing a Medicare for all vote. And I'll get into why I think that is a smart thing. And I just disagree with AOC. But the Tea Party, which I'm not saying we should model ourselves after them ideologically. Uh, most of them were a bunch of racist assholes. But strategically, they came and they took no political prison. They took political prisoners and they held hostages. Why? Because they had the numbers to block John Boehner as the Republican speaker. They had the numbers to block appointments by John Boehner. They had the numbers to block legislation by John Boehner. They had the numbers to block him, you know, him being re-voted, uh, become re-elected as speaker. Right now, based on the Democrats' small House majority, progressives, as we speak, even before these new people come in, they have the numbers. If those seven said, no, we're not automatically going to vote for Nancy Pelosi. We want something in return. Well, she ain't going to get votes from Republicans. She wouldn't be speaker. So this idea that there's no leverage, there's no power right now is a myth. We do have the leverage. We do have the numbers. And we're having even more numbers coming in. And oh, by the way, Nina Turner might be joining them. So then we get to the actual brunt of this. AOC, according to her, it's not that she doesn't want a floor vote on Medicare for all. Strategically, she thinks it's a, it's a mistake that you only have so much political cal you know, capital and why are we going to bother doing it if we know it's not going to go anywhere? Well, I mean, why did Martin Luther King do the protests he did? Do you know when Martin Luther King, I mean, I wasn't alive, but I know history. I think healthcare is a civil right and a human right. I'm not comparing it to the oppression and 
uh, sin that is slavery and black people. But the point is, not everything you do in terms of a movement, in terms of justice, is about strategy. It's about raising public consciousness. It's about curving the arc, curbing the arc of history. It's about seizing on moments and crises that are unprecedented. So I believe AOC is right in terms of even if they got a floor vote on Medicare for all, it obviously wouldn't pass. Even if all we were surprised that it did pass, Biden has already said he would veto it if it came to his desk. But it's not you don't ultimately win if you choose not to fight, citing, well, strategically it wouldn't pass, so this and that. You have to start going on offense. You have to start going on offense. And no, you are not going to win the first right right away. You're not going to win. No, you're not going to win on the second try. You're not going to win on the third try. You're not going to win on the fourth try. It's going to take a lot more than this idea from Jimmy to make Medicare for all a thing. But 10 years ago, it was laughable. It wasn't even a term Medicare for all. Public opinion and public polling was widely against Medicare for all, single payer. Just like 15, 20 years ago, public opinion was against gay marriage. But the, the people pushing gay marriage, the people pushing Fight for 15, they didn't say, well, let's not try to get people on the record now because it wouldn't pass now. I mean, that just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. The bottom line is this, and it's not just about Medicare for all, folks. It's not just about Medicare for all. If the progressives don't fight, no, I totally agree. We're forcing a Medicare for all vote in exchange for telling Pelosi with the numbers that we do have, and we have the numbers, and I'm going to be using this graphic a lot, saying, hey, Pelosi, you only have a four seat majority right now you only have a four seat majority we have 12 progressives that are prepared not to vote for you unless we get a floor vote on medicare for all i'm telling you straight up no i don't think medicare for all is going to pass but i'm also telling you that doesn't mean we shouldn't try that doesn't mean we shouldn't fight and the notion that if we fight on this it's going to prevent us from getting any other things. Who the fuck are you kidding that we're going to get anything else under a President Biden? The way that you move and shift things from being popular, from leading in the polls, which Medicare for All does. I mean, a Fox News, a recent Fox News poll said 70% agreed with it. That's a Fox News poll. But the way you change, the way things evolve from being performative, as some in the AOC corner were saying, this is just performative, the way it moves from performative to actually passing is fighting. Not once, not twice, not five times, not ten times, a lot. But you got to start with the first step. 
It's not enough. Sorry, AOC. It's not enough to have the list of co-sponsors. We need a debate on the floor on universal health care during a deadly pandemic. We need to hear debate. And that should be part of it, not just a vote, a debate. We need to hear debate and explanation why during a deadly pandemic with 307,000 deaths, tens of millions with no health care, why we still don't provide health care as a right. We need it explained as part of that debate from experts why the fact that we don't have single payer, the fact that we don't have Medicare for all contributed to the death because a lot of people who were sick chose not to go get tested and never didn't go to the hospital because they didn't want to risk going, risk the bill. That's not my opinion. Google it. There are tons and tons and tons. I can't put a number on it. The people who would not go get a coronavirus test because they didn't want to pay for it. Contrary to the gaslighting, it wasn't free for everybody. And there were people who would not go to the hospital because they didn't want to bankrupt their families. That's because we have for-profit health care. So this is the time. And I don't agree. I, t I tweeted yesterday. Listen, I respect AOC, but she's twisting herself into a human pretzel right now to rationalize and explain why it's not good strategy to do this, why it's not smart, why if we do this, we're, we're preventing opportunities for victories elsewhere. What kind of victories, she says? Uh, getting more progressives to run committees. Who the f cares about progressives running committees? It doesn't matter if progressives run the committees because the committees, whatever they decide on, has to ultimately go through the House leadership if the Democrats take the Senate through the Democrats' leadership and ultimately signed by the president. So it doesn't matter if you get every squad member to run every committee. If whatever is decided by those committee chairs goes through the higher-ups, which is Pelosi, Schumer, and then Biden, it's just going on a faster, it's a fast track to the graveyard. So I don't care about progressives winning commi like committee seats and, and leadership positions. This isn't a fraternity or sorority. Until we could actually win the presidency, until we could get more progressives into the House and Senate. But what is the point? What is the point? If you're a progressive, what is the point of continually donating your money? And you all aren't rich that are watching. What is the point of continually donating your money, volunteering, pushing for these candidates under the goal of we got to get more progressives in the House? We got to get more progressives in the Senate. Once we have the numbers, then we could actually do shit. Well, as you could see, we're starting to have the numbers. We are going to have 12 people come January, whatever the day is that this new Congress comes in. We're going to have 12 progressives. Possibly 13, if Nina Turner wins, that are strongly for Medicare for All, that ran on it. You can force a vote. You can block other legislation that Pelosi tries as Speaker if she doesn't immediately, if it's not going to be total Medicare for All, if she doesn't give progressives what they want in other areas. It's time to hold political hostages. 
So for those calling me soft and, and saying I'm not, you know, whatever, no, I agree with Jimmy on the merits. I just don't agree with, listen, I ain't no prude, okay? I curse plenty. I'm pretty tough, okay? If you knew the kinds of stories I'm working on behind the scenes right now, I'm not afraid of anybody. But the one thing strategically that I disagree with Jimmy's on, Jimmy, you could have righteous indignation. And the people that watch Jimmy and are calling me soft because I'm not ranting as loudly as him and calling them cowards and this and that, righteous indignation is good. Alienating allies is bad. And you could say, well, Jordan, they're showing they're not allies. Just because somebody doesn't agree with you on every single thing, just because someone doesn't agree with you 100% of the time does not make them a sellout. This is sophomoric, immature, high school thinking. You're not, it, it doesn't make one a sellout if they don't agree with you on every single thing. But we need to push them constructively. Keyword, constructively. To get to where we think they should be. So if you keep calling someone a f***ing coward, a sellout, this and that, do you think that's going to make them do what you want them to do? It's, 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 it's just human nature. If you keep calling people cowards, sellouts, feckless, this and that, they're not going to want to do what you want them to do because they're human beings too. So bottom line, I agree with Jimmy and I think more importantly than just forcing a Medicare for all vote, anyone who tells you we don't have the numbers yet, we don't have the power yet, we don't have leverage, they, do, they don't know math. Because I've already shown you this is, this is the numbers. This is Democrats only have control by four seats. And that might go down because there's two more elections that haven't been certified. So Pelosi needs 218 votes to be reelected speaker. Right now, she's only got four, four over that. She needs 218 votes to pass anything by simple majority. So if progressives would stop around, stop trying to be diplomatic with a corporatist right-wing warmonger, stop trying to, you know, see the longer game. No, they are your political enemies. You need to treat them like your political enemies. People, a lot of people held their nose, bit their tongue, and voted for Biden to get rid of Trump. That's over with now. Now it's time to treat the Democrats, who are basically right, just Republican lights, as your political enemy. And with enemies, you don't trim around the edges. You f go at them straight at their nose. To be clear, I'm not talking about being violent, but I'm talking about politically, you got to put up a fight. And it doesn't, it's, it, do it doesn't mean you shouldn't try it if it's not immediately the first time going to work. But it is different to have a debate on the floor of the House. It is different to actually have a roll call of people who voted. You could use that in primarying those people. You run the ads during a deadly pandemic. This is how X, Y, and Z congressperson voted on Medicare for All while public polling 70 something percent of the country wanted it during a deadly pandemic and your congressperson voted against it oh let's take a look how much money they take from the pharmaceutical industry from for-profit health care very different having them yes or no on the record than did they co-sponsor it or not and more importantly 
I mean, the Progressive Caucus needs to make a decision. Do you want to, you know, be pals with this caucus? Do you want, with, with the corporate Democrats, do you want to play a long game thinking that if you play nice with them, eventually they'll see the light? Eventually they'll see the light and start actually making decisions based on representing their constituents rather than their donors? You think you're going to rewire a bunch of old millionaire dinosaurs that is Congress? They need to realize we don't live in a country. We live in the United Corporations of America, and the corporate Democrats are part. They are board members of the United Corporations of America. So I agree. I'm with Jimmy on this. I don't, I'm not getting into the drama of, you know, Jimmy first, David Sirota first, this first. I don't give a shit. This isn't high school. Uh, I don't I don't care about the personalities involved. And I don't know. I, I, I can't think of one reason in the world why any of these people would vote for Nancy Pelosi as speaker. I, I just can't. I, I Stop giving your vote to the enemy. And fight the enemy. There's no more Trump boogeyman to hold over us. They gaslit us for four years about Trump and Russia. There's no more Trump, even though he wants to remain and is fighting his little election fraud conspiracy. He's out. So let's take it to them. And we could, you know, wax and wane about strategy and this and that. Bottom line, you're never going to get Medicare for all or anything else passed unless you fight. I want to get to this because to me, this is a scandal everybody's been ranting oh the republicans have been ranting about election fraud and some progressive outlets have been talking about like basically cheering them on with this bull there is election fraud it happened in 2016 against bernie sanders and it happened in 2020 against bernie sanders did you see this iowa caucus report the autopsy of what went wrong this report is literally an admission that the DNC, behind the scenes, was the mastermind behind this whole thing that deprived Bernie Sanders of a normal victory. It is incredibly, incredibly fraudulent and shady. And frankly, some people should probably be in jail for this. I'm not going to read you the whole thing, but I'll read you some of it. I found the fraud. It's not Trump and Biden. It's the Iowa caucus. Democratic National Committee meddling combined with missteps by the state party of Iowa were the primary drivers of the chaos that torpedoed the Iowa caucuses earlier this year, according to a new audit commissioned by the state party. The report, which was distributed by uh, to the state party uh, at the meeting Saturday, identified a series of errors made by the DNC, the Iowa State Party, and the technology company, Shadow. The February caucuses were overrun by foul-ups. The state party was unable to report a winner on caucus night. The mobile app to report results failed to work for many precinct chairs. The backup telephone systems were jammed, and some precincts had initial reporting errors. The state party chair, Troy Price, resigned in the wake of the debacle which put Iowa's status as the first in the nation nominating contest in jeopardy. Good. Even if you're watching from Iowa, I'm sorry. Get rid of it. This caucus system has to go. But the report 
pins the blame squarely on the DNC. Who runs the DNC? Tom Perez. For the heart of the problem on caucus night, the delay in the reporting of the results. According to the report, the DNC demanded the technology company Shadow, which, oh, by the way, the developers and CEO were all Hillary Clinton campaign workers from 2016. Oh, by the way, Shadow was used by the Pete Buttigieg campaign. The DNC demanded that Shadow build a conversion tool just weeks before the caucuses to allow the DNC to have real-time access to the raw numbers because the National Party feared the app would miscalculate the results. The DNC's data system used a different database format than Shadow's reporting app, which caused multiple problems. Here we go. This is the key part here. According to the report, the D DNC demanded the technology company Shadow build a conversion tool just weeks before the caucuses to allow the DNC to have real-time access to the raw numbers. Uh, why would the DNC, which, by the way, folks, not to get into the weeds here, is a private company. DNC is a private company. Why should the DNC have the raw, real-time numbers? Or let me put it differently. Why would the DNC want the raw, real-time numbers of the Iowa caucus? Could you think of a reason why the DNC would want the real, raw numbers for the Iowa caucus? I don't know. Bernie Sanders had raised more money than anybody ever. I don't know. Bernie was polling in the lead heading into Iowa before the Des Moines Register spiked that poll. That last, the last poll, the Des Moines Register stopped because Pete Buttigieg's campaign complained that one voter was called by the pollster and wasn't given Pete as a choice. Why should the DNC, a private company, it's not a governmental body, look it up, it's a private company, want real-time updates of the numbers? I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I also have a brain, and I think common sense. They wanted the real-time numbers to know if Bernie was going to be victorious. So, and again, I'm a journalist. I don't have evidence that they did this. So they could... So you, they say the Russians sow chaos. No, no. The DNC wanted to sow chaos. And... Interestingly enough, let's look at the sequence. That Des Moines Register poll, first time ever, the Des Moines Register is the gold standard for polling ahead of the Iowa caucus. First time ever, they spike the poll because one voter said, when the pollster called me, Pete wasn't given as a choice. I'm sure if one voter called and said, Bernie wasn't given a choice, they would have spiked the poll, right? But the poll leaked. 538, Nate Silver's um, website. They got the poll. And what did it show before the Iowa caucus? Just days before the Iowa caucus, Bernie Sanders, in the poll that was leaked, that they shut down, was leading by four points heading into the Iowa caucus just days before. Pete Buttigieg was in a distant third place. 
Pete Buttigieg was in third place. Bernie was leading. So you're telling me the poll gets spiked. No, the DNC had nothing to do with that, I'm sure. Then, then, then two weeks before the caucus, the DNC, who, by the way, insisted that an app even be used. Why the hell did we need an app? Why wasn't the good old days of just calling in the results? There wasn't a problem until 2020. Why did we have to muddy up, muck the waters with an app? Before, each caucus site just called in the results to the state party, no problem. The DNC, weeks before, tells the Shadow app, we want you to make a sub-software. We want not just the app that distributes the results, but we want you to make a convert and make a soft, make some type of software that will update us, give us the raw numbers in real time. You know who else gets raw numbers in real time for elections? The mafia. The mafia in the good old days used to get the raw numbers from polling sites. You know who else? Mexican drug cartels in Mexico that tried to that have rigged elections for decades. It's insane. The DNC shouldn't have the raw numbers. The DNC is supposed to be a neutral body. The audit states the conversion tool had coding errors that spit out inaccurate numbers and caused confusion about the accuracy of the results, eventually leading to delays in reporting. But the state's parties app never malfunctioned, nor was hacked. The report concludes. So again, the state party app didn't have a problem and it wasn't hacked. It was this shadow app run by Hillary Clinton, 2016 campaign people, by the way. The shadow app, which, oh, by the way, Pete Buttigieg's campaign used as a vendor. When the DNC's database conversion tool failed to work correctly, it caused the DNC to wrongly stop the Iowa State Party from reporting its results, and the Iowa State Party, the Iowa Party entire, enti- entire planned reporting process was thrown into disarray. The DNC's interjection was the catalyst for the resulting chaos in the boiler room and in the Iowa State Party's attempts to manually collect and confirm caucus results by hand. If the DNC had not interjected itself into the results reporting process based on its erroneous data conversion, caucus night could conceivably have proceeded according to the Iowa State Party's initial plan. Let's just get to the bottom of this right now, okay? What the Iowa State Party is saying, and by the way, I have two sources because I was in Iowa covering this, thanks to you being a member, hint, hint, sign up, statuscoup.com slash join. You know any other independent outlets that were in Iowa, that were in New Hampshire, that were in Nevada, that were in South Carolina, that were in California on Super Tuesday, that were in Michigan? We were there, all of them, on a shoestring budget, by the way, thanks to you. Signing up as a member for $5 a month. Hint, hint. This is not something that we should just gloss over. 
because there is going to be no progressive seizing power if we just allow elections to continually be rigged. I, nobody can tell me that this was just some innocent thing. The DNC wanted the Shadow app to create a conversion tool to allow them to see the raw real-time numbers in real time for one reason and one reason only. They wanted to see if Bernie Sanders was going to win so that they could f stop it. This isn't only my opinion. We know this to be true because there was reporting done that at the end, just, just to deprive Bernie of the victory, what Tom Perez was trying to do is there was satellite locations, if you recall. And these satellite locations were brand new in the Iowa caucus. And they were satellite locations, particularly in some areas, Latino areas, satellite locations, caucus locations. There were uh, satellite locations with Somali, Somali Americans. There were satellite locations specifically for Muslims. There were satellite locations specifically um, out of the state of Iowa for people from Iowa that lived or college students or whatever. And Bernie's campaign really, really focused on these satellite locations, specifically Muslims, uh, Latinos, which is about three, I think two or 3% of Iowa, um, um, uh, immigrants. Um, and Bernie, uh, The Intercept did a great report. I think they had a reporter there. Um, Bernie cleaned up. He cleaned up at these satellite locations. Tom Perez, at the last minute, was trying to change the way the satellite locations, uh, their results, he was basically trying to weigh it down so that the satellite locations weren't measured in terms of the amount of votes that would go to Bernie equally to the normal caucus locations. What do you call that other than theft, fraud, rigging? Why is Tom Perez not in front of a judge? This is theft. Not, did, not only did Bernie Sanders win the first caucus round by 6,000 votes, not only did he win the second round by 2,000 votes, not only did they not use this shadow app to completely uh, sow chaos, delay the results, but it changed the entire primary why i was there i could tell you why when when you are declared traditionally when you're declared the iowa caucus winner okay that's hundreds of millions of dollars in tv airtime for 10 days or however many days between iowa and the new hampshire primary you're declared the winner obama probably is, was president because he won the Iowa caucus and the huge bump he got after that. CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post, everybody, they cover you, right? The local outlets in New Hampshire are covering who won in Iowa so that voters in New Hampshire, which is coming after Iowa, usually in seven to 10 days, they then say, oh, this person won Iowa. We're going to give that guy or gal a, a look. Pete Buttigieg, after falsely being declared the winner of the Iowa caucus because of this fraud, he went up 10 points in a week.